Public education matters. Public education matters. Public education matters because every student matters. Public education matters. Public education matters because it is the foundation of our democracy. Public education matters because we are stronger when we speak in one voice. Public education matters. Public education matters. Public education matters. Public education matters. This is Public Education Matters, brought to you by the Ohio Education Association. Thanks for joining us for this edition of Public Education Matters. I'm your host, Katie Olmstead, and in this episode, we're talking elections. In fact, we're talking about arguably the most consequential elections when it comes to the future of our local schools, the races for school board in our local districts. I mean, think about it. The decisions made by local school boards are among the most important when it comes to determining the working and learning conditions in our schools. And when we're talking about making sure educators have a seat at the table when important decisions are being made, having educators on the school boards is huge. Here's the thing, though. You can't run for school board in the school district where you work. So active educators who live in a different district than where they work are, of course, welcome to run in their hometown to lead the direction of the local schools there. Or if you live and work in the same school district and you want to run for school board, you can wait until you retire from the classroom to do so. Today, we have two guests in the Cincinnati area who are taking that latter path. In just a few minutes, we'll hear from Victor Harris, a recently retired Sycamore Junior High School teacher who's now running for the Sycamore Board of Education. First, though, we're sitting down with an educator who says her calling to serve her community and students as a member of the Milford Board of Education is actually what gave her a nudge to retire in the first place. We asked Myra Powers to share her thoughts. Public education matters because it's the foundation of our society. School board elections matter because that's how we exercise our right to local control. Educators getting involved in the process matters because who knows more than teachers about what education needs. Myra Powers, running for Milford School Board, thank you for taking the time to introduce yourself to us. Talk to me a little bit about who you are and why you are the right person for this job right now. Okay, well, thank you for having me. I am a retired teacher. I retired last year after teaching in the Milford School District for 41 years. I taught general ed, gifted ed, and special education in grades kindergarten through nine. I love teaching and really didn't foresee myself retiring anytime soon because I still absolutely loved it but people kept asking me to run for the board. They were like, we need someone like you that supports the schools, that know, knows what's going on. Um, and you've got known um, dedication to the district and the community. So after a while, I kept looking for a candidate that I thought could do that. And I just realized if not me, who? So I decided to do it. And that's the thing. In, in Ohio, the state law prohibits active educators in that district from running for the school board in that district. Mm -hmm. But who better than somebody who has spent so many years working in that district day in, day out, being the boots on the ground in those classrooms to make decisions about the future of that district? Who better than you understands 
what the students and the educators and that community needs. So I guess my question for you is, what do they need right now? I think we need people on the school board that are running because they support the schools in the community. I've had a lifetime of uh, volunteerism and work for the district and the community. And uh, I see now in these current times, people are running that have literally little or no connection to the district or the community. They've never been, they've never volunteered. They've never been a part of programs where they know what's going on in community community. And just almost by definition, teachers have that connection to the community, but I always went uh, above and beyond. I just always, I just thrived in school settings and loved my schools and my students. And I was just involved in many, many things over the year. And I still am, I volunteer uh, a lot in our district and in our community. And it's that's a labor of love for me. And I honestly never in my lifetime thought people would be running for the school board that are running to deconstruct the schools. They're running because they, they there's no respect for the schools, administration, teachers, and they're running literally on an anti-platform. And I think it's dangerous and sad. Having people who are anti-public schools making decisions about the future of our public school students is a scary prospect. Uh, scary is, I think, the mild word there. You are one of four candidates running for two open seats. You had a, um, we're talking on October 2nd, and you just had a candidate forum just the other day. How did that go? Well, it went great. I, sadly, only two of the four candidates appeared for the forum. Um, the other two, one didn't reply at all, and one uh, sent their regrets uh, and uh, there was a anti-forum Facebook Live event to that they promoted instead of the candidate forum. The forum is run, was run by the League of Women Voters and the Milford Miami Township Chamber uh, of Commerce. And so it was very nonpartisan, but they still didn't want any part of it. So as from my perspective, it was great. I got to answer a lot of questions. Some I, Some I think that hopefully people will watch and be surprised about. Uh, like I uh, was asked about SEL, you know, social emotional learning. And it was, it was nice to talk about that in a way that is just the reality of this situation. Uh, I talked about subbing in the preschool a few weeks ago and we went, you know, around what to, this is sad. How do you look when you're sad? And, they all made their sad face. And then we talk about what can you do when you're feeling sad? You can talk to your mom or read a book or, you know, do any number of things. So it's not this big bugaboo. And then in older grades, it becomes more about anti-bullying and conflict resolution, which are all things that uh, back in the day, I believe we called citizenship. And they were it was it was good then and it's good now. On a personal note, I just feel like um, SEL has a bad branding campaign against it right now because I think, and there's a lot of research actually that that backs this up. Um, I think at the beginning of last school year, Children's Defense Fund Ohio had this huge survey of parents across the state, both sides of the aisle, and actually um, slightly more Republican parents in this survey. And overwhelmingly, they supported um, social emotional learning in schools most of the time, though, if you didn't call it social emotional learning, they they 
supported it as the practice, not necessarily as something under that banner, if that makes sense. So it makes total sense. And I think that's exactly what you're running up against, um, especially running up in this this whole national climate we have around our schools and our school board races right now. We have extremists who are trying to pull the strings to get certain people involved in these school board races. Um, they're they're pushing these culture war issues and agendas, and they're ignoring the real needs of our students. When you're out talking to people in your community, which side of this is really resonating? It, it, are those culture war issues resonating with them, or are they able to see through that? I feel like that when I can talk to people, people that, um, you know, that I don't know, that I have a big school community that supports me, former parents, students, you know, and teachers. I worked in a lot of buildings in our district and on uh, a lot of committees. But when I meet people I don't know, when I just talk about me as a person, as a dedicated servant to the district and the community, they always say, you, people like you are what we need on the school board. You know, you've commit, you've shown your commitment to the schools and, and the community, and that's what we need. And um, so I feel like it resonates with people if you can just talk to them. And that's really what the campaign trail is all about. Uh, how has that been going for you? Are you able to to meet a lot of people in the community and, and really help explain who you are? Uh, well, I, I, I'm trying. Uh, someone contacted me today for a, they wanted to get a neighborhood thing to get together for maybe 20 to 30 of their neighbors where um, the person I'm running with, where we can, you know, introduce ourselves and get to know people. Of course, we're using Facebook and, and things like that, but it's a lot of word of mouth and we do have some get togethers and some meetings um, planned that, will help us reach out to people, you know, that we are, that don't already know us. And at the end of the day, it's, it's not just about introducing yourself, but it's about making sure they turn out and start voting. By the time this episode airs, early voting will be underway. What is your message, especially to your fellow educators, about the importance of showing up and just casting their ballot? I think it's critical that educators have to show up and cast their ballots. We know we are in the trenches. We know what's going on and we know what students need and we know the realities of our situation. We don't think in lock, lockstep. I mean, uh, there's no liberal block of teachers. I know far more conservative teachers than I know uh, of, of progressive teachers. So I, but we all do know school and we know that school's important and um, that we have to have trustworthy people that also value schools making the big decisions. Even in these uh, very politically divisive times, I have a lot of support from people um, uh, in both parties and independents a lot. Previous students have, uh, fourth graders from the 90s have donated and written letters to the editor and, and things like that. But I think that, Teachers resonate with people because they know our dedication. So I think, you know, we might have a little leg up of, of trying to get rid of the divisiveness. I'm finding that in my campaign. So I think that would be true for everyone. So teachers just have to get involved. 
you know that public education matters. That's the bottom line, right? Right. Myra Powers, thank you so much for sitting down with us today. Thank you so much for having me. This was a first for me. <laughs> All right, that's Myra Powers in Milford running for one of two open seats on that school board. About 10 miles up the road, voters in the Sycamore Community Schools District are also voting to fill two open seats on their school board. And retired Sycamore teacher Victor Harris is vying for one of those spots. Let's take a listen to our conversation from earlier this month. Public education matters because it is the great leveler in our society, okay? Everybody has access to a public education and everyone in our society does, no matter race, color, socioeconomic condition, gender, orientation, sexual orientation. And I think everybody needs to take advantage of that public education to help better themselves, better their lives and give them equal and better opportunities. Um, school boards matter because everybody goes to school and school boards set policies for school districts in the state of Ohio. And we need people on school boards who knows who know how school operates, who know uh, what schools do, who know the importance of schools, and who value the importance of schools without having outside political agendas. And last but not least, educators need to get involved in public schools and school boards because educators know what works. Okay, they're the people that are day to day. They're the people that are in the classrooms. Um, they're the people who are going out and spending their money to buy supplies for students in districts where they don't have the means for a lot of things. Um, they're the people who go home and think about those kids that they've had in school every day. So public educators need to be on the ground floor to help set policy that makes schools run more efficiently and run to the best advantage for the people that are involved. Victor Harris running for Sycamore Board of Education. Thank you so much for sitting down with us. Why are you running for the school board? Well, first of all, thank you guys. It's great to be here. Um, great to have this opportunity. Why am I running for the school board? Um, in all my years of education, I retired after 34 years of teaching at a couple of different school districts. One of the things I always was troubled with was the fact that a lot of policy was made by boards of education by people who have never been in a classroom. Um, you have people who are working businesses, you have people who are community leaders, but none of them are teachers or educators. And I feel it's important that we need to have educators in that educational viewpoint on the uh, school boards that govern our school districts. And you have the added bonus of having been in Sycamore schools as an educator. You are fresh out of those classrooms. You know exactly what those students need. What do students in Sycamore need and how can you help deliver that? Well, and, and the other part of that is my unusual experience. I've coached for 100 seasons in Sycamore School District. Uh, my kids went to Sycamore schools. So I've seen it from different viewpoints. I've been a parent. I've been a coach. I've been a fan sitting up in the stands, seeing those different things. You know, the kids and the educators need someone that's going to speak in their best interests. Uh, we get a lot of mandates from the state of Ohio, and I know the state tries to make sure that we're doing the right things in schools and things like that. But sometimes they put stuff in that either will not be effective in the classroom or is really hard to do in a classroom, but it sounds really good on a policy paper. So I think we need people who have a realistic view of how education works. We need someone who's there for the kids and the parents, because as a teacher, that's always been my another, number one consideration is what's best for my students. And somebody who has those connections to students and parents, it doesn't do you any good to be a good policymaker if you don't actually listen or hear them, right? 
That's exactly right. And too often people are too far removed from that. And, and again, that's one of the things I have to work on from being in the trenches to kind of being up and watching how policies made and different things. I've had a little bit of experience in that in writing curriculum for the state of Ohio with the social studies standards and different things like that. But once you're down there and you see the effect that some of those dictates have, it makes you want to go, we need somebody that knows the policy, that knows the language, that knows the audience as these policies are directed towards. And in an ideal world, that would be every school board everywhere, right? And I, and I think so. And it's hard for people. And I understand it's difficult for people to serve on a lot of school boards and things like that. A lot of times people who it's a lot of business people because their businesses have the flexibility for them to do that. They can work from home or they can miss a meeting to do this or miss work to do this and things like that. And I think we need to make that accessible to all people. I think we need to get more people involved in getting school board elections, but people who are concerned about the school, not concerned about a particular political agenda. Is that something you're seeing in Sycamore right now? I mean, it's something I think we're seeing in a lot of places all around Ohio, all around the country, specific culture war issues that have nothing to do with the actual needs of students are really making the decisions for the people who are trying to run. What are you seeing there? Well, and I think the the community in Sycamore is a very well-educated community, and they've managed to keep the culture wars out of the classroom for the most part. You, you know, you're always going to have some people who want to bring up different things. But for the most part, we've managed to keep that out of our district and keep that political agenda out, out there. I think it's very important that school board members run as non-affiliated with no particular affiliation to political party because it's supposed to be a nonpartisan position. And so I think by having that nonpartisan, again, in your mind, why do you do this and why do most people do a lot of things is to help the community they hope to serve. Is it harder to help the community when you are up against this? I mean, never before has the school board race been in the spotlight like it is now. A lot of times I think people don't even know a school board race is happening or that's how it was. Now it is blown into something that is beyond a school board race in many places. It is harder. People ask me, why are you doing this? And my first response is, I'm crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Why? You know, but it it has become especially of light. Um, So it is hard. I think you need to have people who go in there who are qualified to do this, who have credentials that qualify them to be in the classroom. And you've got to hope that the people in the community pick the people who are qualified to have that job, not the people who are running on a political agenda. So how are you getting the word out to the people that we need to turn out to vote? And this is a thing I saw, you know, I'm starting to see as a as a new uh, political candidate, a new candidate, not a political candidate, but as a new candidate is, you know, you've got to use the social media platforms. You got to use in- Instagram and Facebook or old people's Instagram, as my kids call it. <laughs> um, you've got to get the word out there so people can see that. Um, you've got to touch those people. You've got to go out. You've got to canvas. You've got to meet people. You've got to get literature out there. Um, you've got to get that um, you know, name association with a face and do all of those different things. And then I think once you know, you get people and you can sit down and talk to them and have good, meaningful dialogue with people. I think once people start to see those kinds of things, they go, hey, I think I'm going to vote for that person. Or even if they don't vote, at least I respect that person's opinions and I can understand why they're running and why they're putting themselves out there like that. What are some of the challenges of running right now? Um, One, obviously, is is money. You know, teachers, Mm -hmm. besides the fact that we make millions and millions of dollars every year teaching. Oh, I've heard that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Just, you know, the financial part of it. And school board races aren't obviously as expensive as 
a lot of other political campaigns. But, you know, money is always an issue in getting that word out there. I think, too, um, I think we live in a thing where people kind of believe what they want to believe, and sometimes they don't necessarily look at facts. So getting people to look at credentials or looking people to get on records or looking to people to get on statements that you've made and say, that's what that statement means. I'm not reading anything into that statement, et cetera, et cetera. Getting that true knowledge out to people, I think that's a bit of a challenge. And then, of course, once you are elected, it's going to take a, a, a lot of collaboration to move anything forward. A, is that sort of the climate in Sycamore now? I'm not very familiar with your community. Mm -hmm. And if it isn't, how can you bring people back together after the election? Well, one of the things is one of my things I did as a Sycamore, as a teacher at Sycamore, I served on a contract negotiation. So I've negotiated several contracts for the school district. And I always tell people the difference between a school's contract and kind of like, you know, an athlete's contract or a business contract or something is a lot of what we're looking for is that collaboration and is trying to work in that spirit of being together um, and helping each other and, do, and doing different things like that. So one of the big things I say is, uh, you know, collaboration is my middle name. I, I want to talk to people. I want to come come to consensus. And if it's not consensus, I want to uh, people understand this is why we did this, because we thought this would happen instead of this is why we're doing this because I said so. And I think a lot of times we get things down from up high where it's just because I said so and not because this is necessarily the right thing to do. So working together, consensus, giving everyone an opinion. I always talk to people about having um, diversity on a school board. And the first thing people think of diversity is they think of race or they think of gender or something like that. But I like diversity of opinion and diversity of viewpoint. You need those different viewpoints. You need business people on a school board to help you understand how business works and, and making connections in the business world in your different communities. But you need also parents on there to get a viewpoint from your parents. You need educators on there so you can get that educational viewpoint so they can look and say, will this work in a classroom? Is this good for a classroom situation? So you need that variety of viewpoints. And the only way you're going to get those variety of viewpoints is as those people all work together to uh, come to a common goal. And at the end of the day, we really do need diversity on the school board in, in thought and in every other way, because we represent diverse students, beautifully diverse students and diverse communities. And everybody has needs that have to be met. And that's what the great thing. And one of the great things I'll say about the Sigmore Community District, we have children from all over the world. In my junior high, we had signs that represented the different nations that the kids came up. And we probably had 85 different flags up of nations that were represented by that, all with different views on everything from education to uh, what they should be doing in school to career goals and all of that. And all of those people need to feel like that someone's going to listen to what they say and that they'll be represented. So bottom line, why do educators need to get involved in this process right now? Educators need to get involved because we're in a battle profession right now. Uh, no one wants to be a teacher anymore. It, it's really that simple. My son, he wants to be a teacher. And, and it was one of those things. It's like, do you really want to do this? Do you really want to be a school teacher? Because we're in a battle profession with fewer and fewer people going in there. But without good teachers, you don't have good schools. It's that simple. Um, and, you know, people will complain about teachers and things like that, but we need teachers involved. We need to make teaching, we need to view teaching as a prestige occupation instead of an occupation that people just settle for. Um, all the great teachers that I've had uh, the pleasure of teaching with in my career have been gifted and loved their job and would have been successful in anything else they wanted to do, but they chose to be school teachers. They chose to educate kids for a better tomorrow. They gave up riches, they gave up time, they gave up a lot of their social lives to be there for their students.
And the, the thing that really does set the tone for any individual community about whether it is an attractive, sustainable career, if you can get rid of all of the external stuff, the statewide stuff, the national stuff, what are the working and learning conditions in your schools? That's set by the school board. Is that right? right. That's exactly right. And if you look at why people move to communities, okay, job transfer to Cincinnati, Ohio, I'm moving to Cincinnati, I have the means as a parent, I'm looking at schools. That's that's the, the neighborhoods that have great schools is that's where I want to move my family. That's what people all do. If they have the option to do that, they want to be in a community that's got great schools with great teachers, with great facilities. And that's thanks to a great school board with great educators leading the way. The school board has to set the trend for that. So. Victor Harris, thank you so much for really helping us understand the issues in your community and good luck with your campaign. Thank you very much. Thank you guys for the opportunity. And uh, hey, I hope everything works out and I will address, be addressing you in the future, hopefully as a Sycamore Community School Board member. Early voting is underway now and election day is November 7th. And while state lawmakers are only on the ballot in even years, not odd years like this one, keeping track of how our state lawmakers vote on important education issues is absolutely critical. OEA offers some powerful tools to help you do that. OEA Manager of Government Relations Dan Ramos joins us now to talk about OEA's legislative scorecard and some changes on the way for that resource. Dan Ramos, thank you for sitting down with us. What is OEA's legislative scorecard? Well, thank you, Katie. So legislative scorecards in general and then OEA's legislative scorecard. So we maintain one, uh, OEA does, that's focused on the Ohio General Assembly uh, that tracks and scores legislators on how they react to our bills that um, we find uh, important. So whether we oppose or whether we support uh, a bill, uh, the legislators receive a grade based on how they vote on that bill ultimately. Uh, usually our scorecard also corresponds with bill uh, bill floor letters that uh, the OEA government relations team and our uh, officers uh, send to the Ohio General Assembly stating the position uh, that we would like legislators to take on bills. Um, the ultimate purpose behind it is to hold elected officials accountable, uh, you know, and we track, obviously, a whole host of education, election related, uh, collective bargaining and labor related bills uh, that we 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 scorecard. And, and ultimately, it's it's to, to give a visualization to our members uh, about how legislators stand on the positions that we find important before them in the General Assembly. Uh, it, you know, while that is its main purpose, the other purpose that it serves is that it also, you know, fits within our uh, overall screening and endorsement process uh, that we do for the Ohio General Assembly. Um, you know, we integrate uh, legislative scores on uh, uh, or legislator scores uh, into our screening process so that the members that sit down uh, for House and Senate district screenings can see uh, how legislators voted on issues before them in the General Assembly that we find extremely important or that we, you know, support or oppose. And it's such an important tool on so many levels for so many members, and it's about to get even better. What is going on with the revamp? Well, I, I, I'm not going to scoop 
the whole story yet, uh, Katie, on this one. But uh, for those, you know, if you're tracking new business items from the RA, uh, back in December of 2022, the OEA Representative Assembly uh, created uh, NBI number one. Uh, which tasked OEA uh, in updating uh, the legislative scorecard to add additional functionality uh, for an ease of access for members uh, to see, you know, who sponsors what bills, uh, how, you know, legislators in total vote on legislation, and then like the status of the bills that we are tracking. So uh, actually, since the NBI was passed at the December RA, uh, members of my team, uh, colleagues in communications and in our in our business services departments have been working diligently to revamp uh, our scorecard in a new way based on those recommendations. Uh, and we're actually very close to, to sending it live. Actually, uh, this coming weekend, uh, the uh, Vice President Jeff Wensing uh, will be showing uh, our board of directors uh, kind of those new changes. And then after the board receives its uh, its promo, we'll be you know updating and sending out way, you know, you know, promotional item about how to access the new scorecard uh, to OEA members and OEA staff. And then obviously a big uh, highlight of it will be uh, you know showcased at the uh, upcoming December RA. Very excited about those changes though. Cannot wait to see how this looks and how it feels. That functionality is obviously so important. Mm -hmm. And uh, as you mentioned, members should be keeping an ear out and an eye out for more information about how to access it. Should be any day now, right? That's correct. That's correct. All right, Dan. We will check back in with you later as we see more of this. But thank you so much for taking the time today. Oh, thank you, Katie. Public education matters. And that's why elections matter. Your voice matters so much this fall. Please make a plan to vote on or before November 7th so you can have a say in the future of your community. We'd love for you to have a say in the future of these podcasts, too. If you have an idea about something you'd like to hear on a future episode, or if you have thoughts about how we can make these episodes better, please send me an email at educationmatters at ohea.org. Until next time, stay well. And remember, in Ohio, public education matters.